For those loyal listeners to the show, you'll be happy to know that our old dog, Weensy, is still alive and kicking. Weensy was so named after a character of the same name from the movie Old School, played by the actor Jared Mixon. That role is pretty much the only credit he has on his IMDb page, but his younger brother, Jamal Mixon, has a bit longer of a resume, including playing the character Ernie Klump Jr. in The Nutty Professor. You might remember the child from dinner whose mother described him as strong like Hercules. Hercules, Hercules! I've got my kids watching The Nutty Professor right now to show them that body image isn't everything. We're having some trouble at school, and I figure what better to fix it than an Eddie Murphy movie from the 1990s. And boy, am I wrong, because it's very inappropriate. As you might imagine, the first thing Eddie Murphy says when he gets thin is, I can see my dick! I saw that coming, but... My kids have now seen it too. Inappropriate as it may be, I think it is teaching the aforementioned lesson, and that's all I can really ask. As for our dog, Weensy, she suffered from canine idiopathic vestibular disease, also called old dog's disease, and we've been giving her Dramamine to help the symptoms. We put it inside cheese, as I assume the dog thinks, I had no idea cheese had such medicinal properties. With that in mind, I can't talk about my old dog all day, so instead, let's chat about goldfish, Game of Thrones, and warlocks, as we do almost every day. My wife and I recently celebrated a life event when we bought a new car. What's that again? A new car! It's a big deal. I've never had a new car before, and neither had she, but now we're both the proud owners of a 2019 Volkswagen Passat. We went in to buy a bargain basement Jetta, but now we're happy drivers of the mid-sized sedan class. Yeah, it's great. And it's much easier to buy a new car than it is a used car, if only because you don't have to look out for dents or tears or stare blankly into the hood pretending you know what you're doing. If anything breaks, they'll just fix it as soon as we go down there. What's better still is we didn't put down any money for the car. We just talked to our salesman, Jimmy Buffalo, who worked us all the way through how we could sign and then drive away this new Passat today. Now, this isn't a lease. We own it, or at least we will, over a series of many months. And the way the negotiations happened was kind of just happenstance. We stopped in to see the car, talked about a fair price, and then drove home to get our trade in. On the way, we did some drinking. And when we got back, we finished the negotiations, which helped because... For the new car, there wasn't much to negotiate outside of that payment we were going to have to make for nigh on eternity. So, in essence, we were negotiating with ourselves and how hard we wanted to work into the future. So, in that regard, the alcohol certainly helped. We have another new addition to our family. It's a goldfish that we won at the local church carnival. We got the fish on our first $2 batch of ping pong balls and then promptly dropped $40 or more on a fancy new fish tank. The tank was meant for those neon glowfish they've made in a lab, but instead we've got our regular old goldfish in there. Amongst some neon rocks and some dayglow fake trees that really shine once you turn on the nine LED lights in the top of the tank, because of those lights, the goldfish can't quite come up to the surface to eat the flakes. I guess she might be blinded by the light or something. So instead, she hangs out near the neon rocks waiting for the filter to push the flakes down. And when it does, it looks like she's surrounded by flakes as if she's in a money machine. <laughs> Have you ever seen people in one of these money machines? It's like a torture chamber as bills fly all the way around. 
Everybody thinks you should be getting rich, grabbing the money, shoving it in your shirt. Meanwhile, it's all happening so fast, you can't concentrate on two $5 bills, let alone the 100 amidst the 500 ones. And that's probably how my goldfish feels right about now. But at least she's safe and she's off the carnival circuit. I saw an ad recently from the Nouveau Books on Tape app Audible that declared listening is the new reading. So congratulations to all those listening out there. You're reading. Stop wasting time converting words into pictures in your mind. Try Audible, the audiobook app, because listening is the new reading. Remember that time I got really into making my own trail mix? That's something I'm going to say to my wife in the future because much like girl talk creating a mashup, I'm deep in the mix. I found a local grocer that lets me buy things out of barrels in bulk, and there I go to get almonds, cashews, sunflower seeds, granola, dried mangoes, dried pineapples, raisins, cranberries, things I can't even pronounce, goji figs, sesame snack mix. I got some chili peanuts the other day that I do not recommend, although the endorphin rush was strong, my friend. Making your own trail mix is where it's at. I throw in some dark chocolate-covered whatevers, and man, it really gets me on my way. Don't eat too much in a sitting, though, as things could turn dark in a hurry. With that said, it's a lot better than those days when I was making Wix Chex Mix. Are you familiar with this? The women and infant credit that you receive if you're poor and have too many kids. Yeah, one of the things you get is a bounty from the Department of Agriculture. In addition to some formula and whatever else you might need. There's beans, there's eggs, there's cheese, there's peanut butter, and there's tons of cereal. But none of that sugary snack cereal. So grab the Worcestershire, buy some checks, and start making that Wick checks mix until you grow up and big like me. And then you can get strong mixing it on the trail. Unless you include healthcare credits, it's been some time since I received government assistance, though I remain grateful that those social safety nets were in place during my time of need, and I'll continue to support such systems for others whose time of need may arise in the future. As for those healthcare credits, though, that's a tough system to navigate, but I'm happy to tell you I was able to moneyball the system and give my family of five the most amount of coverage for the least amount of money. What's happened, though, is I've pigeonholed myself into a particular income for the year, and that's like a mental mind trap for me because I don't want to end up having to pay more, and even if I make less, I'm going to have to add to the kitty. So I really have to walk this tightrope of income, and that's the argument against a basic income for all Americans. Even though we might have the wealth if we tax those at the top of the income scale, giving it out to everyone just to attain basic rights might not be right because they say the poor and weak will become lazy. Now, I argue against the fact that everybody just needs to feel safe, and once they do, they can attain more in their life and provide to the GDP, whether that's caring for children, going back to school to get another degree, or just being an artist. The argument is that if you give people an income of fifty to $75,000 a year for a family of three or four or five, then they will be able to survive and thrive. However, I would argue that much like a $15 minimum wage, it's going to rise all boats with the tide upsetting the Big Mac index and causing all prices to rise through inflation. Now, inflation is a good thing because 
the economy is moving, everybody has jobs, are getting raises, and that's why they're buying more goods. However, it can be a double-edged sword if the economy starts to die down and prices still rise, which is what happened in the 1970s with something they called stagflation, which sounds like it's right out of Game of Thrones. And in essence, it did lead to a very long winter. And I think Jimmy Carter got beheaded. In preparation for the final season, I started re-watching Game of Thrones from the beginning. And as I'm reintroduced to some of the characters, I'm feeling a bit sick inside because what I found is I've completely forgotten some of the awful things these people have done. And instead, I'm rooting for these characters that are in truth horrible people. And I think that might be part of what this show is about, that people can change. Humans are ever adaptable, and we can conform to whatever situations and conditions we might find ourselves in. Much like the Stanford prison study where half the students were inmates and the other half were guards and they instantly took to their roles and treated each other horribly, which of course we come to find out was a fraud because everything we've ever been taught is at the least an opinion but more likely just an out-and-out lie. I don't even believe in the president anymore. Instead, I think he's just a creation of Lorne Michaels, because if there's one thing I know about Saturday Night Live, it's that they do wigs really well. And the man behind the mask isn't Alec Baldwin, but in the ultimate form of trolling, Susie Zerconde de la Red Telemundo de NBC Universal... Oh, excuse me. It's Cesar Conde, chairman of NBC Universal's Telemundo Network. As for trolling... We've mentioned before that trolling refers not to trolls under bridges, but instead to fishing while moving. Which makes me wonder, do the troll dolls sell their own brand of fishing lure? A recent headline in the New York Times reads like the description of a B-movie horror film as it begins, thousands of new millionaires are about to eat San Francisco alive. As Uber, Lyft, Airbnb, and Pinterest plan to go public, California's newly minted rich will be hungry for parties, houses, boats, bikes, and human data mines. I mean, ice sculptures. There's only one thing that can save San Francisco. Taxes. And now a message from the Internal Revenue Service. Remember, when you're in business, the government is your partner. For every dollar you make, we're entitled to 15 cents or more. Please, don't forget about the IRS, because we won't forget about you. Your social security depends on it. Say what you will about taxes. The United States government is a great business partner to have. They provide stability, security, and safety, which is much more than was offered in the days before a government by the people for the people. Back then, Protection for your business relied on, at best, local vigilantes or militias, and at worst, the mob. Angry or organized, the mob is no one to associate with when it comes to growing a successful business. We're finding this out here locally, where an Irish pub has been leasing land from a real estate investor, but when trouble arose with the lease and rent came due, the investor sent in some tough guys to rough up their clientele and, get this, piss down their kitchen sink. I won't name the real estate investor because he's also a real estate agent whom it was told to me long ago used to be an accountant for a local motorcycle gang named the Warlocks. No doubt then who the tough guys were, which is why I say just do your business above board with the United States government. Therein the only piss that'll go down your kitchen sink are taxes. For those taxes, 
you'll get representation on a federal level, although the United States House of Representatives did spend most of this week preparing to vote yay or nay on bigotry. That's all the time we have today. But remember to feed your goldfish, pay your taxes, and let everybody know you've spent some time reading. Hopefully we can do this again almost every day.